This podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Sending out an NOS. Sending out an NOS. Sending out an NOS. Hello and welcome to NOS the Podcast, a show where four autistic comedians talk at you and sometimes a very special guest. I'm Michael McCreary, joined by the incomparable Adam Schwartz, Pat Tiffin, and Curran Dobbs. Tonight we will be talking to one of the foremost- Canadian uh, roast comics? He has his own label, Cottage Comedy. He has a very funny, uh, uh, three very funny uh, albums out. Uh, Those full time can... in Muskoka. Uh, yes, he's a homeowner, which is makes him uh, the only homeowner on this show, including the hosts. Give it up for uh, Tyler Morrison. But like, it was just, it is funny. Yeah. The, oh, the, another cool story about that. Um, that weekend though, was we go down to um, Hamilton when we were doing the Hamilton show. Were you there, Pat, at the Hamilton uh, show? No, I know. I talked to you after the London show because you stopped by briefly after dropping So, so we go down to Hamilton as Rob Mayhew and I, and, uh, Oh, we would have been with, I think we, Tony Hinchcliffe was there and uh, uh, Mike Lawrence. There's some some wicked comics in for this. And uh, we get down there and get, I don't know if they were with us to start, but I know Gilbert was with us for sure. And we go to the, the theater and like the doors are like all chained up like, or they're locked. Like it's locked up. Like the, it, there's not a light on in the theater. We have a sold out <laughs> fucking show. Like, 200 people at the in hamilton at this thing and like all of a sudden like the the they didn't pay the bills or something i don't know (laughs) the lincoln alexander theater i think it's called (laughs) at the time that's what it was and and so we're sitting there like what's going on and we can't get a hold of anyone there we're like fuck we got fans are starting to show up and ask what's going on so we called this uh this rock club absinthe who were friends with one of the owners and uh we're like hey do you guys uh have anything going on tonight because we have an issue here with this theater <laughs> we have 200 people and nowhere to put them and uh he's they're like well we have a local band that's supposed to play but i think we can like work that out and reschedule them and so they we set it up that we we just walked down the street with 200 people and Gilbert Gottfried right over to this fucking <laughs> nightclub and just, just jammed him in and did the show. Like it was so perfect. I can't believe we pulled it up, pulled it off, but it's like, yeah, we're all standing at Gilbert's with us and like <laughs> all of his fans. And we're like, we're going down the street and everyone's <laughs> like, fuck yeah. It was one of the coolest things. In the, like the last minute miracle may you and I just calling in favors. And those guys are absolutely showed up late for that. <laughs> oh, I know, eh? That oh, yeah. be... <laughs> Where is everyone? <laughs> like, dude, how cool is that to basically live like the temple storming scene from Last Temptation of Christ? Just you with a crowd of people in V formation just walking to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's been it's been so many uh fun stories like that like, so, i love that's what i love to wait for everyone to get there or could you just leave, leave a note on the door that says i think they probably did leave a note or something like i like at the time it was uh it was pretty chaotic and then <laughs> so we we're doing the stand-up show and then we we're doing the iron chic roast right after it so we were able to 
to do both pull both of those off is wild <laughs> type of comedy but maybe aren't polished enough or don't have the authority to drop that type of material yet it's something that you grow into but i, I found like with too soon it was absolutely um a conscious decision on my part to really not do as much politically charged stuff and just try and make every i wanted i wanted to show that like anything can be funny no matter how fucked up it is um and still you know without having like you know to be on this team or that team i just thought you know what i want to put something out that's like it's kind of universally offensive, but <laughs> yeah, sure. And like the great thing about the title too soon is that the irony is that it sounds like you'd be dealing with something topical, but it's actually like kind of timelessly dark. Yeah. 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 Well, it, was, it was originally supposed to be called uh, too much too soon. There's another album called like a punk band put out an album. I think it was, um, let's say it was New York dolls maybe or so. Oh, or sure. The, yeah. That, that, that's actually pretty recent. Bands. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was a seventies totally- band. It was yeah. Yeah, it could have been it was either them or uh, the Dead Boys, but uh, sure, maybe I'm wrong. But I, yeah. but I remember then I but I was actually gonna it was quoting off of Slapshot, which is one of my favorite comedies. It's absolutely a ruthless movie. And yeah, <laughs> if it came best. out today, it would be a problem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the reason it was gonna be called Too Much Too Soon is because that scene in Slapshot, there's like a bench brawl that happens right off the, like the opening, the puck drops and everyone just starts fighting and there's a referee and he just goes, Oh, too much too soon. And that's what I felt like with the crowd. It wasn't really like based on the material per se. Cause it, like you said, it's more, uh, it's not as topical. It's more universal. Um, but the, <laughs> just the way the crowd reacted to what was going on in that room, I felt like, you know, it was a bit of a bloodbath. <laughs> Sure, sure. Like, yeah, like, uh, do you think there's sort of what's that like? It's funny when you brought up punk earlier because, like, what was your aspiration to make the comedy equivalent to like Metallic Knockout by the Stooges or just make something that was genuinely kind of as funny as it is scary, almost in a sense, as a document of a live performance? Well, you know what? It would again, it's it always, I'm trying to be funny first, and and sometimes, um, when I'm when I built that act. I was working that material with some of my older stuff was like kind of, you know, cushioning it. And the older stuff kind of is a little bit more, um, not as, not as offensive or whatever. And, and so it was building me the license to do those jokes, but then I'd already recorded that stuff on previous albums or specials. So I, I took I took away all of the stuff that made the crowd like me. <laughs> I just did this act, and the, the first time I ever did the stuff from Too Soon was the the week of the special. I did it all together on the Wednesday night, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be a problem." And then <laughs> and by the Friday night, it was killing. I had I, I killed on the Friday night, and we didn't record. And then the Saturday night was like this crowd usually Saturday at uh, Toronto yuck yucks is, you know, the early show is probably the best of the weekend. And uh, it just so happened that, you know, I'm not a famous comedian. So it's these, these people, they just go to see comedy and if they don't research who they're going to see, you know, you're getting who you're getting and it's going to be, if you're not smart enough to look that up, you know, you're walking into a bit of an ambush. And, and I felt like a lot of the people, uh didn't know what they're getting into especially that front row and you can see them like it's there's a lot of people that were liking the show i knew i was doing well enough that like i had the majority of the room on board but the front row was just 
hated my guts. <laughs> like you the had sharp no, boots like, on the you, right side of that room probably loved it. But. Oh, oh yeah, but focus on it's so easy to focus on like one person or one row of people that aren't enjoying the show, and everyone else in the room is having a ball. You know, it's hard when they're up front though, because oh, you're yeah, looking yeah, at them yeah. the whole show. Like that, that's like your your bar for you know you want people smiling and enjoying it and laughing. Yeah. With- uh, now were they calling were they calling energy. stuff now but was this one of those terrible situations where they're not as horrible as this sounds the sadist in you as an entertainer sometimes is that you wish someone that you don't like would say something so you have like cause to attack so was it one of those situations where they were just like judging you like yeah they were just I think like so. sitting there gotcha sure i think so they or they or they were uncomfortable like they didn't i, I don't know maybe it was just it, it was a little bit much for them and and that's fine, but do you record yeah. the sketch before you did the show, or did you record it after? Uh, the video in your of you in your car is pretty good, awesome. Oh, that's from uh, Comedy Exile. That was my previous special, but I did do I I shot that special first, and then I shot the the intro afterwards too. Yeah, but the, well, going back to what you said about the punk rock thing, though, that's what we were trying to do. Tyler Shazma is one of my co-producers that uh he shot all my specials uh from the last three the last three he shot and we were really trying to go for that like underground punk rock vibe like we did want it to be like that and and i i feel like we we the two specials before savage and comedy exile like they they look you know i think the black and white looks better the savage is not uh, it's maybe my favorite body of work but it's it's uh the video, I think it might be, be- it, it might have been better if we just did that one in black and white too, just with the the lighting and stuff that we had. And I th- yeah. feel like what we were trying to do on Savage and Comedy Exile um, with the punk rock thing, we were able to capture it on too soon, and and that ended up you know working out. But if I could go back and like maybe I might do a, like a re-edit, like a recut of Savage and Comedy Exile because they, I shot them both in one night with the same crowd, so I shot two specials in one night with with a crowd. And this is how I did it. I, Cause I went on stage at the start, told them that I'm shooting a comedy special. And then at the end, after my, after I shoot the special, I'm going to come back on and do 20 minutes of the most offensive material that like, I can't do anywhere else. And that's just bullshit. Right. To keep them excited for the end. <laughs> really, sure. I just came back it's it's uniformly with, offensive. It's like, yeah, it like excited, as you know, else, it's sure. just a reason for them to like, Oh, we're going to see something, but really it was all like, you know, the same, uh, across the board, you know, type of uh, similar subject matter. Because um, that's like but, a eighty, like like basically anything over an hour for comedy is a long time for people. So I understand that primer of mm-hmm. going. Don't worry. Yeah, there's more to come. Yeah, Stick yeah, it, it was out. just a, a little tr- little trick. <laughs> yeah, there's I wanted a spectrum you, of laughter. So, sorry, what, what you brought up a uh, slap shot earlier, which is a favorite in my house. I wanted to ask you because I was looking at your website and it said you roasted the NHL alumni at one point. And I wanted to yeah. ask, uh, at any point, did you roast a Doug McCreary, Keith McCreary, or Bobby Atwell because I'm related to them? I just or wanted Mario to Lemieux. know, no, if, no, but you recognize uh, any of these names. Well, what McCreary? Doug McCreary? It was Doug McCreary. He used to manage them at one point. He was like, okay. uh, like uh, on the road. Uh, but uh, I think before I'm Keith McCreary, uh, my uh, great uncle was managing him, and I didn't know if at any point you roasted them. So I just wanted no, to know. It was yeah, uh, actually, his boyman, his family. The rest of his family is in the NHL. <laughs> it was the roast of uh, Darcy Tucker, and so 
the so Darcy Tucker <laughs> was like the main guy that I was roasting, but sure. then there was a bunch of NHL alumni in the crowd, so I was like, oh, gotcha. Just the way I see it, any hockey related comedy better be slapstick, you know. <laughs> better be slap shot I, did, uh, I actually you know this is kind of interesting i've never had like something that was mutually inclusive with a host before because i've actually did a comedy show with darcy tucker in the audience once i never like oh, right personally like uh, i didn't verbally accost him but i wanted to ask you how did he take it like how did he respond so he was pretty cool about it he's a serious guy though if you've ever met him he's like he, he seems like he's like pretty serious so Michael um, could call, I'm not making any jokes about him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, it's a different circumstance because I met him. I think it was like, oh, my God, I was like 18 or 19. So he was really nice to me because he yeah. was like he could tell I was like a teenager. So he was like, oh, yeah, good job. But just like it was very formal, but he was nice. So maybe yeah, it was a different set of circumstance where it's like, hey, that was good. But you did just destroy me in front of a room. Are you, still, are you not still a teenager? Mike? <laughs> <laughs> he, he plays one on TV. I used to cut. I used to cut Darcy Tucker's grass when I was a la- in landscaping. I used to be. Yeah, I used to cut his grass at his property, and then did you hold that like, against him. Like, did that come out there? Oh yeah, I definitely ripped on him for that. And then, <laughs> and then like four, you know, four or five years later, I'm like, I'm roasting him at, at his uh, big event. It was it was kind of cool. But it probably helped also because you were the grass guy, so he can look down on you for being the grass guy. And that's right. Like, He's roasting me, but I'm going home with my millions of dollars. Until until Darcy Tucker gets divorced and he loses yeah. half of it. <laughs> I was actually going to say I was reading. There were some testimonials on your website that were interesting because uh, it's funny what Adam just touched on there about you like saying who could be mad at you for being the guy who's like I did I mowed his lawn and people go oh I'm an, I'm on his side he's clearly like had to work. It, it's like do do you do you ever lean into that aspect or is that just incidental that people go like. I'm trying to think of how to phrase this, but there was a thing that just said that you exude a working class sensibility that makes people want to like you. Do you like, like, do you think that's fair? Yeah. yeah, Well, I mean, I grew up in in a, that was like my my dad was in landscaping and like that type of, I grew up around in a blue collar family and it was all, you know, we're, you work hard to make a living and you see, um, I'm just around those type of people at times. So I connect on that level. It's almost like, I would say like a, uh, like a working man appeal type thing. Yeah. The, the, like an everyday or an every man type uh, connection is what you, and that's a, that's a great connection to have because mm-hmm. audiences, the majority of them are probably going to, going to buy into you before you even, you know, really get going. It's a, it's a, it's a nice advantage sometimes. Now, uh, sir, not to sound too clinical, uh, Tyler, but uh, I love uh, – so on your YouTube page, uh, you've posted – and we can post the links down below too. But you've uh, – uh, you have two separate videos, one uh, where you roast the United States of America and the other one where you roast the United Kingdom. And what's great about both yes. clips is that uh, you do something really fun where – at the risk of sounding really clinical, when you're sort of like writing like a one-liner, you're almost thinking about it in mathematical terms about where you're like, okay, you have the premise and the premise is like point of view plus subject. And you're like trying to just make it as concise, as you said, as humanly possible. But what I love about the United States one is that you're like, okay, I'm well aware of the stereotypes. Oh, like obesity is a problem. Guns are a problem. And then you go, but how do I synthesize this? 
And I just mm-hmm. wanted to ask, what was your thought process on both where you're like, okay, I'm actually just trying, you're like, everyone has tr- has done these stereotypes before. You're like, how can I breathe new life into them by like mix and matching these things to create a new premise? Like, what was that? What was that like? So with that, that particular roast, um, I, I think I already had that um, guns, like the school shooting obesity thing. I think that was on one of my specials in Politely Canadian. I had done that particular sure. little run and I'm like, oh, this just fits too good. Like I, I have to say it here. It's a bigger, you know, platform that I'm going to get. Um, <laughs> so I might as well, you know, and then I added a few new jokes to it. So it was fun sure. for me. And Miss Pat being your opponent just made it a little bit easier. Miss <laughs> Pat's great though. Oh, she's, she's kicking oh, she, ass now. She's so the hopefully best. more people see my video. <laughs> we can find your specials. Are they all available on your website? Um, my website right now is I'm making a new one. So like that's, that site hasn't been updated for a while, but yeah, you can check them. You can get like a couple are on YouTube and then, um, a few of them are on uh, Vimeo on demand. So you can check. Yeah. Vimeo on demand. I think all of them are available on there. Um, yes. But yeah. Uh, no, I, uh, I, I was just kind of like, but when I was watching it, uh, I was just kind of sitting there and I went, that is kind of fun where, uh, where like i've never seen like because i don't think even jesselnick has thought to do this where you're just like going it almost sounds weirdly disassociative where you're so aware of these archetypes as dark comedy fodder that you're like why don't we actually just blend them like the rat and ratatouille when he tries a strawberry and a cheese at the same time (laughs) and it like it was it was it actually felt like you were having so much fun like it like just there That was, yeah, that was a fun, fun event uh, to do. I love that show. Your hood is a joke is a great show. It's, it's um, cause like, you know, the, the roast battles are, are cool, but I, I do like the country versus country thing or, you know, I do like that. Yeah. It was very uh, cool. That element, it gives it a fun dynamic. And uh, with the Miss Pat thing that was interesting, how that worked out is I, I'm going, okay, I'm like a straight white guy. I look like every bully, <laughs> every eighties movie ever. <laughs> And, you know, I'm going up against a black woman uh, on, uh, you know, it's she's one of the, you know, top people that year at Just for Laughs or whatever. And, and people know her. They don't really know me. But, like, I'm going to look like the bad guy right away. And you do, like, a coin toss at the start. And she won the coin toss to decide who goes first or second. You know, I won the coin toss. So I was going to go second. And uh, she she made a big deal about it on stage. Like you don't see it in the video, but she's like, no, you going first, you going first like, <laughs> made, a, made a big like thing about it. And I'm like, like, all right. And then, uh, and I saw that as my opportunity to switch the entire dynamic of the room against her. That's why I, I don't know if it's, if it's in the video, but I, I, the opening thing is I go typical American, always trying to bully people. And then it just, shifted i made it about america and canada and i created this shift in the power dynamic of what the roast is and how they're viewing it they just saw her try to bully me (laughs) and then now i get to just come in as like you know the david versus goliath situation and it just created this total um wave of momentum behind me and you just see it building because i don't think she expected that i think you know, she, she didn't have as much time to prepare for it as I, as I did. Like, so cause she was doing a bunch of other shows. She was maybe like a little bit later addition to it. And, uh, and so like I, I, I was going to go second because if you, if I go second, 
Like if she goes, if she goes first, she can still do do good and they'll like her. But if she has to follow what I know I'm about to do. It I don't want to. I didn't really want to make anyone look bad either, right? Because I I respect sure, yeah. someone taking that gig on like a little bit of shorter notice. But because she pushed the envelope there, I had no choice. And then I was just you know we're going to work now. It's fucking sledgehammer time. <laughs> like to represent the whole country. You're like a national hero, like. <laughs> no one's oh, that, that's going on the new before. website. Yeah, no, no one's ever that's, said that. That testimonial's before. going on there. Uh, no, but actually, because you kind of are, because you have defended it twice. And what I like about your head is the is a joke. And we were talking about this, uh, and I was talking about this earlier. Uh, actually, with uh, with Martha Chavez in a previous interview, we were talking about roast battles in Canada, and uh, we were kind of joking about the fact that we said. I think roast battles in Canada are kind of tough just because I, I, when you watch a roast battle in the States and you see like a comedy central roast and most of them are like names, it's like actors and ringers they brought in just to like, like make sure the show actually works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when you watch it, your takeaway from it is you kind of go, I don't feel too bad because everyone here has a nice home. But when you see the Canadian show, you're like, these guys don't have money. Like, that's actually really, they have <laughs> no bus afterwards. So, like, do you think that when you make it about it, it's like, okay, it's not you, you're representing a neighborhood or, or like an abstract concept, like a, like a geographical location. Do you think that kind of makes it almost land a bit better because it's like, uh, uh, because, because it's kind of like, you're dealing with something bigger. So the audience doesn't necessarily need to know anything specific about you beyond your voice and appearance, which everyone can go, okay, you dig into that. I think like, just in the, in the sense that the, um, the road, like Canadian, you know, or most Canadian comics aren't household names. So when, when you see the, the, there's more American comics that are household names in Canada than there are Canadian household yeah. names. And, and so when you watch Canadian those American uh, household names are most of the Canadian household names are Canadians who went to America and became household name there. Yeah, there. exactly. And so when they come into a roast uh, battle or like show or like a celebrity roast, whatever, um, there's like a, a context that is known about them that comes, you know, you kind of know who they are. Right. So in like a roast battle in Canada, um, you have a little bit of extra work to do on the roast is because you mm -hmm. have to make sure that everything you say the crowd understands so you got to maybe focus more on the visual team, pretty much you can't just be like remember the time you messed around with that yes high school yeah. kid that's right you're not pulling <laughs> things that are, are previously known so like when rob Lowe, uh you know people are making fun of him for like that sex scandal back in the day but like you're not making fun of someone for something that everyone already knows there's you don't have that context so mm -hmm. what happens with like um, your hood's a joke and you're doing the countries. Everyone knows the countries, so they know stuff about it. So you can mm. pull that context in to, to reference and, and be funny about. Whereas in like a straight up roast battle, you got to be really, really good in Canada or in America. Like if you're on, if you're just not a, a household name and the person you're going against isn't, isn't a household name, you want to be able to um, make the crowd laugh and you got to be really economical mm. about how you're attacking your opponent and, and visual is usually the best um, attack, how they look and then pick a narrative and like, you know, really like make sure that they get it, you know, make sure that they understand this is what you're attacking them for. This is going to sound kind of dumb. And I, I, I don't know if, if like this makes sense within the context of comedy roast, but has, have you ever like been aware of the fact that you're like, 
not at the risk of sabotaging the other person, have you done, have you pulled an eight mile where you were kind of like, look, I already know this about me. Like, like, have you ever been in a position or did you not want to low bridge somebody who's writing material? No, it's okay to do that. I think, but like, I don't know if I've done it like that. I think the, the one thing I did was uh, I was on a, the iron chic roast in this, uh, the wrestler, the iron chic, and it was in Toronto. And there's a lot of like bigger comics on that show than, than me. And I named all their big credentials. And then I, and then I go, and, and then, and then you got me, Tyler Morrison, homeowner. And like, cause none of them <laughs> house, right? So I'm kind of making fun of fun of myself for not having the credits, but I'm also making fun of them. Like it doesn't be all your credits mean shit. You know, <laughs> You don't even sure. own a house, but <laughs> I was gonna say in this but, economy that actually is bragging rights. <laughs> it's the beauty of living in Muskoka. If I describe myself as a home renter, that's a different joke. I call it <laughs> home renter. It's hard to find a home wrecker. <laughs> yeah, home wrecker. <laughs> home wrecker. <laughs> so are there oh, any questions? This face. <laughs> Are there any other artists on the college comedy label? Yes, yeah, we've had uh, we've produced several albums with uh, with other comedians. So uh, we produced Mike Wilmot's debut album, Uncle Mike Wilmot is one of the greatest comedians ever to come out of this. Oh, country. we've had him on the show. He's oh uh, nice. Yeah, he's I'm the best. One of our first guys on Mike. the show. Yeah. yeah, he's he's one of my favorites. And uh, we we produced Jarrett Campbell's album, Straight White Fail. And uh, that was Jarrett's album was nominated for a Juno, so that was really cool. Yeah. Um, He's he's a guy you gotta check out. I just did a show with him last night. Oh my god, he is on Mach Five, just destroying places right now. He's like, yeah, he's the guy to watch. I think like, I think I'm just gonna call it. Out of all the comics that are working in Canada right now, like he's probably gonna be the one that like blows up. That's I'm. I mean, well, I've, you heard it here first. Yeah, fuck, man, <laughs> this guy is something else. You, you know, it's kind of funny because uh, when we were bringing on, uh, basically when Pat was getting us emotionally and intellectually ready uh, to interview you, I don't know why everyone was kind of like, we know he's probably nice because he's from here, <laughs> but we don't, <laughs> but we don't know. And you are the only comic I think so far to plug other comedians shows. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and that's not an insult on other comics i just think you're the only one who's like oh so and so is probably the best comic in the country yeah. right now and well like, fuck i'm better than him but I, <laughs> i'm still better this than guy's him, like but... oh jared i'm so proud of him <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking awesome though no he's he's definitely doing some great things yeah you there's actually... so many good comics in this country it's, it's worth like you know taking a look because i think you know there's there's comics that haven't maybe got the push yet or uh, for whatever reasons, you know, how comedy shifts and what's being put out in the, you know, the festivals and whatever, like, and uh, there's some ass kickers out there that, that are, you know, you get Keith Pedro, all these guys, Tom O'Donnell, Marito. Yeah. We just did Marito Lopez's album. Jesus Christ. There's a guy who's, he's on the well, rise. He did uh, plug your dad as a hockey player. Like, <laughs> <laughs> No, let's um, uh, let's not talk about. That. Uh, no, no, he's good. I, uh, I, he's the entire reason why this show is going on right now. Uh, Tyler, uh, I- I'm not in it right now, but just for context, I actually live in a trailer in my parents' backyard. Uh, there, that's that's my credential. Uh, that's, Son of that's the year. My- 
What are you, Cody from Step by Step? (laughs) (laughs) Are you fucking happy, Adam? He roasted me. We finally got there. (laughs) Oh, man. A a reference that only I will get. Now, let's head set to the McDonald's (laughs) drive-thru. Finally, uh, guest roasting Mike on, instead of having like. Pat, Adam, and I do all the roasting of Michael. I mean, it's not so nice to have <laughs> No, it's good. And I actually, I can't stress this enough. Uh, my dad loves it when you guys are mean to me. So, Tyler, the best <laughs> thing you can get into his good graces is, is, so, is to Tyler, abuse uh, You're checking in the mail. <laughs> absolutely it's already on its way it's got a, it's got a little it's got a little lipstick mark on it next to the words thank you doug that's what it says uh actually talking about you being such a nice guy uh the other there's three testimonials on your website there's the one from sirius xm saying the dennis miller of dark comedy uh there's another one I, I, that i don't have right here but the other one and this kind of cracked me up it says uh you rob mayo uh peter anthony and richie redding soldiered through thanks to a combination of masochism professionalism and solid material uh that was from now magazine what is this in reference to what show okay. like I'm is this so, in reference to? i'm glad you brought that up that's a really <laughs> funny story actually please the, go um, for it so <laughs> It was North by Northeast in Toronto and they gave me a show and it was Wednesday at comedy bar at midnight. And I'm like, no one's coming to the fucking midnight show on Wednesday night. Like this is going to suck. And so I just started drinking in the morning, like, and I'm drinking like (laughs) Guinness tall cans at like nine in the morning. And I'm fucking wrecked in the afternoon. And Rob Mayhew, who's a really funny comic, and we produced some we produced some stuff together, Dark Comedy Fest. And anyway, Rob comes over to get me, and uh, we go to this like we're like, yeah, we're going to this red carpet fucking party for North by Northeast. It sounds really cool, and then, <laughs> and then we so we drink a, f- a little bit more there. But we see Mark Marin, and Mark Marin was doing he's one of the headliners at the festival, and so we're like, hey, we're doing the show at Comedy Bar at midnight. If you want to drop in for a spot. <laughs> anyway we we go down there and uh um we find out that like uh there's apparently now i there's like some agent or agents from caa that wanted to check out rob and and i guess me i don't know what happened there like i didn't have any communication about that so i just heard that they were they were there and uh, and then now magazine was doing a review on the show and then Mark Marin shows up and decides he's going to do the show. Well, the fucking place is just packed. We like sell this show out and uh, I'm blackout drunk. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want CAA to see me. Like, I, I mean, I don't really fucking, you know, I didn't even know that they were, you know, I, I don't know how true that is. That's just something that I was told, but I'm like, I don't, but in they hindsight, are, you're like, you wish they, they hadn't seen you like this. I don't want them. No, I didn't want them to see me like that. And I didn't want now magazine to see me like that. I didn't want it like, and, and then Mark Marin comes in. So, so what I do, cause I'm running the show too. I know Mark Marin's on the show now and every comic at comedy bar wants to go on the show. Cause Mark Marin's on. So I just load it up full of comics i put like 20 comics on before me so that like hopefully now <laughs> magazine and fucking caa leave before i go on at the end <laughs> now magazine stuck it out but the show was so long that i like started to sober up by the time i got on stage so i actually did okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then i was like i was like dreading it like i almost you know 
I, I think I almost got banned from comedy bar that. Night. <laughs> huh. like, be the first person. If just for being <laughs> drunk and disorderly, or like, I was, yeah, I was being a bit of an asshole. I don't want to yeah. get into that. <laughs> okay, that's fair. You're like, let me tell you this story that I don't want to tell you about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no was, worries. Basically, you, yeah. yeah, drunken disorderly is the is the exact uh, description yeah. I would put. On the other hand, you got Mark Maron can perform on the stage, so you should be a fucking legend there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Mark Maron, I think he's done. He's probably done Comedy Bar a few times. He was nice. He was, he was cool. I mean, and then, but uh, the um, I ended up getting that. Yeah, we ended up getting a, the show got a bad review, but like we got a good re- like I got a good review personally. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's uh, how, how do you feel about that when you're producing something and someone goes, this was a train wreck, but I like the host. He they were bang on in their assessment. Nothing can be Rob Schneider in Muskoka. Oh, what was that? The uh, when he had Schneider in Muskoka for that one time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rob Schneider. Oh, my God. So I had Rob Schneider come up here to do my festival and. Uh, just so happened it was like the worst snowstorm of the year is in like late february and rob schneider has like a 16 hour like a real long delay like layovers and stuff getting in here sure and uh we're doing shows we're like i'm supposed to be on one of the shows and i get a phone call from his agent then i get a phone call from his like personal assistant i'm getting tag teamed by these dudes they're freaking out because rob just finally got to toronto and the yeah. uh the limo that was supposed to pick him up or or whatever it was like you know his transport ground transportation wasn't there and whoever was like supposed to pick him up the driver just fucked off because it was such a long he was waiting forever because of this delay and shit you know what i mean yeah. so the driver just left and they're like they're like rob wants to get on a flight back to la i'm like fuck i'm like just tell him to walk outside pick the nicest suv and tell him to drive straight up like straight up highway 400 to highway 11 up, you know, drive right to Deerhurst resort and I'll have someone standing there with cash. <laughs> and so that's what happened. And it was like crazy. Like every, I would have put him in a hotel at the air by the airport, but everything like there's like hundreds of flights delayed. So like every hotel was jam booked. Like I couldn't get him in a hotel. I needed to get him up to the, the place. And then, so he got in at like, Oh, it would have been like, two in the morning after like the longest maybe yeah two or three in the morning and then uh he he killed he got like <laughs> he did like an hour and a half he got like a standing ovation it was pretty pretty well done by rob but uh yeah he wasn't like I don't know. He probably wasn't in the best mood when I met him, so I, I won't hold that against him. Yeah. A, good <laughs> 90, a good 90 minutes from a guy who just survived a blizzard and was like mm-hmm. stranded at, at Lester Pearson's pretty good. Yeah. Like that, that's better than good. Hey, hey, at, least, at least you didn't have to drive him there like you did Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, yeah. Well, before I go into that, but oh, here's this is kind of funny though about Rob. Like, so I called him up the next day, like it late, late afternoon, just to like give him the rundown of you know what's going on and like he's on the phone with me and he's just fucking being rude to me eh <laughs> and that's I'm not like, good i'm like so oh yeah like i i don't like that and then <laughs> but, but, <laughs> i hope you told but, him that too but i'm giving him some i'm giving him some leash because of what happened because the the you know all that you know that's sure. that's on me um even if it's you know act of god shit that's still you know i'm still yeah, on the, 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 the hell. Time you were tech teamed what's that 
this show the first time you were tag teamed? Ever tag teamed? No, buddy. Okay. this is the first time that you were tag teamed. Yeah, <laughs> the tag team all the time. No. <laughs> I believe Adam Demolition. is referring to the uh, personal assistant and the manager. Yeah, yeah, I know. But, uh, I'm just it's called a Muskoka handshake. Just making, yeah, making crude jokes. A brace um, for a brace for yeah, brotherhood. Uh, I've never had the agent and the and the manager freaking out at the same time. But um, the uh, so so anyway, Rob, I, I'm, I tell him like his opener is going to come on. He's like, opener. I don't need an opener. <laughs> he's like i'm like what like i cleared it with the agents and stuff like they you know specifically wanted a certain type of opener and i'm and he's like it's like if i have an opener <laughs> they better be clean and i mean squeaky it was well i had uh, christine von hagen was the was supposed to open for me she's sure. great like, that's like clean as the plane. perfect for that like i i specifically talked to the agents and about the the thing and i guess no one told rob he had an opener and he was being like he was like so like pissed off about it that i'm like fuck it i'm not gonna put her in that position where he might be not nice to her you know what i mean because he's fucking yelling at me so <laughs> i'm like like i'll just move you to the other we have another show after i'm just gonna put her on that show and then he doesn't want an opener he doesn't get an opener get down to the show <laughs> he sees me and he's like they realize that i'm the guy he's been yelling at <laughs> well he wasn't yelling he's just snippy but yeah. um but he's and then all of a sudden he's just like super nice and shit <laughs> he's like where's the opener <laughs> Yeah, well, question. Rob Schneider is not a very tall man. I can only assume. Oh yeah, he's looking up and and yeah. <laughs> he just kind of went like, I, 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 it was a Judge Dread moment. <laughs> but I, yeah, he, but he did a good job. He, you know what? He came and laid it down. I can't, you know, all that other shit's re- regardless, right? That's just. I just thought it was funny how he's fucking. And I mean, squeaky. (laughs) This is going to sound weird. That sounds like a classic line. You know what I mean? That sounds like a supporting character in like an 80s movie. Like like an an evil Dean would have said that. He followed it up with, he goes, I'm the dirty comic. I tell the dirty jokes. That's what he said. So it's like. (laughs) Like it's a threat. He went full yeah. 80s Jets headline. Yeah, he had that like mentality, I guess, that if you if someone comes on and is dirty before him, then it's not as funny when he's dirty or something like that. Like it like he feels like the the table isn't clean for him, right? But we're okay. gonna get back to you because you have a Gilbert Gottfried story I really want to hear about. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and like I talk about it in my act, but I'll just tell you like the the real story without like the you yeah, know, without from, the bits, of course. Yeah, without the bits, but it's like it kind of is pretty much the exact same thing. Can I preface? The, uh, well, yeah, sure. So this is the same promoter who ended up. If you hear Tom Sawyer talking about London, Ontario, and beefs, this is the same promoter that did that show. Now let Tyler tell the rest. Oh yeah, yeah, he did. It was him. Yeah, he yeah. defriended me on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that fucking dweeb, Derek. <laughs> Derek the dweeb. <laughs> You're turning into Rob Schneider. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so I was yeah, so I'm driving Gilbert down to um yeah, down to London, Ontario from Toronto. And like we just did a roast. Um we did a couple roasts already. Like we did we did uh two Iron Sheik roasts that weekend, and uh I opened for them like three times, and then we were going down to London for the this is the final the final show. And 
you see him, he's like, he's wild, right? On stage, but like off stage, he's like the shyest, like meek and mild old man. He's like feeble, right? <laughs> Watching yeah. this guy try and carry his box of merch is like the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life. But it was like real windy that day too. Like I thought he was going to get blown over. Like <laughs> he's got this giant box of merch and, uh, <laughs> So, but I'm driving them and I think, you know, okay, you're going to hear some like cool, like road stories or something like that's usually how it is when comics travel together. He doesn't say a word the entire time. Just like <laughs> like a funeral motorcade all the way down to London, Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> then we get down there and we can't like get to the venue. Like everywhere we go, there's like barricades and roadblocks. I'm like, what's going on in London right now? There's cops everywhere. And, like, like London's under siege, right? <laughs> Finally, like I, I'm going or I'm trying to figure out how to even get to the venue. Everything's blocked off. And eventually, like I ended up like just like busting through, like going through a police like roadblock, like cutting in. And next thing I know, there's Gilbert Gottfried and I were in the London Santa Claus parade. <laughs> so we're just <laughs> with the parade. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like, start waving, buddy. Just start waving. <laughs> the did parrot he, from Aladdin float. Was he annoyed or was he into it? I don't know. I think he was like starting to like think I was a bit of a fucking lunatic. He's like, <laughs> I, I, I was like, I was getting some road rage. I was getting a little unhinged because it was annoying and I couldn't get a hold of anyone. Like, I couldn't get a hold of Derek the dweeb. And uh, <laughs> I eventually, so what I did was to like figure cause I couldn't figure out how to get there. Cause these roads are all like the GPS isn't telling you where to go because it's not a normal situation. So I went to a pizza place. Like, <laughs> guys know what they're doing. They're delivery drivers. Right. So like they told me how to get to the venue. I still couldn't get to the venue. I was able to go to, I took Gilbert to this hotel. There's the Hilton. One of my sponsors of my comedy festival was there. He was coming to the show and he was having dinner uh, at the thing. And he's like, he's like, I got it set up. You can park your car valet parking at the hotel. And then we'll just get you a cab right over to the venue. I'm like, perfect. So I didn't have to worry about any like navigating that bullshit. But it was like, really like, were we going to get there on time or not? Like we didn't, we weren't sure. There's a five, 500 people, I think at the show at London Music Hall. Then mm. we get there and like Gilbert's like, I want to eat some dinner. So we're eating dinner like this, sh- like right before showtime, like at the Hilton. We're just like, he's just sitting down for a meal. He doesn't give a shit, man. And then we got there like right on time and uh, blew the place apart. It was a fun show. Mm-hmm. But then like the way back, like the guy's not even talking. Like he's just, yeah, he's just a little <laughs> bit different. Oh, and that sucker, Gilbert Gottfried, still owes me 15 fucking dollars. <laughs> so we go into we go into the gas station and i'm i'm getting gas and i'm like hey if you want any drinks or anything just like you know put them on the just just throw them throw them on the counter here or whatever and uh fucking guy puts two magazines two magazines and puts them down i'm like who the fuck gets their opener to buy them two magazines and <laughs> And I did because I'm just gonna charge the festival. I, that's, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm like, I hope it didn't ultimately fucking... matter. But it was the principle. Yeah, I'm like, I hope your fucking plane goes down when you're reading <laughs> People magazine tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, what kind of magazines does Godfrey read? So you just said like tabloids. Yeah, it was like it was just like yeah, like I don't know, like what is it? Is it Us Weekly or 
or is it yeah, just us? What, yeah, National Enquirer, whatever. Just yeah, yeah. It was more, but it was more like the not like the rags, but you know, like the celebrity type. Magazine. Oh, sure, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. Not, well, but not like the tabloids, but like celebrity gossip. Sure. Like, I guess, yeah. But yeah, People like a little like, bit classier, a little bit like yeah. the paper is nicer. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Glossy. Glossy. Glossy, yeah. glossy sheen. Okay, but sorry, we cut you up. So he makes you buy. <laughs> yeah, that was just something that like I remembered now, and I'm I want my fucking money, Gilbert. Fucking down with you, bro. <laughs> like, like so I, I'm just I'm just wrapping my head around. Uh, this is why print is dead because fifteen dollars <laughs> for two tabloids. Yeah, like, are magazines are expensive now, man. It's, oh it's, my god, especially plus Canadian add-on. Yeah, you know what the. The worst thing is, is like you're in a car with a guy who has one of the most like instantly recognizable voices in comedy. And you're like, can you just talk just to like let my blood pressure go down? Can you say anything? Crazy. He's it's it's like it felt like uh, being a sequel to Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> it's, it's like Gilbert Gottfried's in it. He doesn't talk. That's the catch. Yeah. That's, that's so you know what funny to me. I think that's hilarious. And like, listen, like the guy doesn't know me. Like, probably just fucking wants to chill. Like, what? What? He doesn't know me shit. But I am driving you to the show. No, I mean, like, like, like I, be a good passenger. <laughs> No, it's the principle of like, I mean, uh, I, I'm not really good uh, in public transit because I had this happen to me recently. Uh, I'm filming a show right now and uh, uh cab picked me up at the airport and the guy was really nice and everything. And I just by instinct, I like talking to people. And uh, it was like the inverse of that. This is spinal tap scene where it's like, yeah, Frank calls the shots and they just roll up the thing on him because I was just sitting behind him and I just kind of went. So you like St. John's? And the guy just goes, yep. And he just goes, I was going to clear over and cranks it, but then I got high. And I just went, oh, I love this song. And just no response the yeah. entire drive there. I like yeah, it's, it's like the limo driver, like just put, put or when the limo driver trying to talk to you and then you just like put the back window up. So it just like cuts him off. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Comics NOS podcast. You can follow along by going to Facebook and searching up Comics NOS, the world's most awkward boy band. You can follow the comedians by going onto social media and looking up Michael McCreary, funny, you don't look autistic, on Facebook. You can also follow along by going onto Twitter and looking up at Corinne Dobbs and at Pat Tiffin. Or you can go to adamschwartzcomedy.com. Technical productions for this podcast were brought to you by Christian Kostinik of Thunder Lizard Collective.